your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. With you always, this is Ryan Williams, along with my co-host, James Boyman. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We're coming to you after the crazy madness 5-4 victory in extra time over Tottenham Hotspurs that takes us out of the fifth round into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Uh, Gavin Buckland gives us this nugget at Gavin Buckland 1. First time Everton have won any cup game five to four that is just strange um i don't know why we really kind of struggled for some opening facts on that one i'm not gonna lie to you but hamas first go to you instant reaction look five four absolute insanity back and forth the entire match not if you like defense this was not the match for you but if you like goals galore uh you'll be glad that you tuned in i mean some unbelievable guts shown by everton today after right off the back of an unbelievable performance and guts shown in the Manchester United match. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Honestly, after the first goal was scored, I thought this could get really ugly really quickly and credit to everyone in that side today, uh, given the the lack of depth on the bench, which we'll talk about shortly really wasn't expecting a whole lot. And I, once it went to extra time, I was expecting even less, but Again, just a really, really encouraging performance. What a job Carlo Ancelotti's done in instilling a belief in this side that they can overcome basically anything that anyone throws at them. And they did just that today. I felt a little different about this team. I had a feeling, I don't know why, about halfway through, I was like, we're going to win this thing. I just kind of felt like it. I don't know why. Uh, it just feels different. I think this is just a very pivotal, pivotal game. We'll get into the timeline and how the game kind of went because there was, yeah, definitely one point I felt the same way, like, oh, man, this could get really ugly. But they adjusted, hung in there, kind of weathered the storm and then went on an absolute crazy scoring. I mean, the game was just madness. I mean, really. Um, but, but I feel like it's a pivotal game. And the reason why I say that is because while it was exciting and, you know, a funny one, we'll remember it for a long time. There were certain performances that I thought were just really, really important for us. You know what I mean? Like certain guys that maybe there are questions about still like Tom Davies who really stepped up or, or Richarlison who were kind of like, what's wrong with him? And he, he looked like his own self. And even a guy like Gilfie Sigurdsson who really kind of showed up and looked like the Gilfie of old. I, I just think it's important. I really hope we kick on from this. Um, although the guy's got to be exhausted. Uh, score predictions. Sure enough, no one on our Discord server <laughs> got it. Um, NWA Joe didn't even get it. I don't think this time, which breaks a streak. Um, although I will say this, uh, we missed really the key one Orlando city toffee at Orlando toffee. Uh, his quote was you got my five, four match prediction, right? We missed it. I'm sorry, but I'm sure you, that's what you came up with. So congratulations, Orlando city toffee for getting the score prediction, right? Cause clearly he was thinking about that beforehand. Uh, James, the lineup wasn't all that strange, but some things were very odd. I felt like we were missing some people, don't you think? Yeah, so it was interesting. We obviously, lineup comes out and, and there's some uh, ominous omissions from the team sheet. We had Robin Olsen retain his place in net. No big surprise there. Obviously, Pickford's still injured. Michael Keane, Ben Godfrey, Luca Dean, Yeri Mina, midfield of Decore, Davies, and Sigurdsson, who gets the armband. And then front three of Awobi, Richarlison, and Calvert-Lewin. But really, you look at the bench, no Hamas, still no Gabamon, no Fabian Delph. Supposedly, he was fit. Uh, must not be the case anymore. And I guess Andre Gomez picked up a knock. And then the big one, I think, is Josh King ends up being cup-tied, so unable to appear. So what we end up with on the bench is two, basically, uh, very green goalkeepers in Jal Virginia and Harry Trier, Holgate and Kunku. Bernard Coleman and Tyler Onyango. So not a whole lot of options if it comes down to scoring goals for Carlo Ancelotti. And I put out a tweet before the match that said, uh, it was like, you know, reaction when we only have Bernard for offensive options off the bench. It was like, this is very bad. Yeah. Uh, that tweet aged super well, but <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. You know, you kind of wonder what Everton would do to create goals, but obviously that ended up not being a problem today. No, no, no one's having problem creating goals today. Um, conversely, Spurs lineup was 
pretty senior. I mean, Dyer stepped back. Uh, he wasn't in there. And Harry Kane was the major omission, though, um, which is funny. And I, I feel like the way the match went, that almost was a good thing for them. Um, so we could talk a little bit about the tactical setup, but man, this game was blood and guts. I mean, the yeah. tactics kind of went out the door at one point. It was like, what is going on? Um, Spurs partially, maybe it was due to the early goal, but they very much set up to counter, you know what I mean? And they were very dangerous off set pieces all night, but the way they countered at one point was just unbelievable. We'll get to that in a second. Um, it looked like we were in kind of the four, two, three, one again. Um, was on the right. And then eventually midway we switched into like a five three two strangely defending without the ball but it seemed to work we'll get onto the subs too because i think they had a major impact for us um but yes we'll see how much john blaine said no stats tonight ryan just go with the emotional roller coaster and the county road bobblers our brethrens uh that's the ticket just like you'd be back in the boozer pure unadulterated blue passion well I don't know if we'll miss all the stats today, but yeah, it was an emotional roller coaster, really. And so we're going to try and take you through the timeline because, I mean, that that's that's the bulk of it. Uh, one thing that was very strange, though, for us watching in the States on ESPN, what was up the announcing crew and the chants and stuff? What the heck was going on there? They, they switched the track. They have, you know, whatever, the, the disc with uh, the Everton chants. They have the disc with the Spurs chants. Seemed like they uh, omitted, even though the match was at Goodison Park. I heard a lot of uh, "Come on, you Spurs!" So stupid. When the Spurs come marching in, and blah 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 blah. I mean, obviously there's an away end, so they want to kind of recreate that. But and and I just kind of don't like the artificial atmosphere anyway. I'd rather just be able to hear the players and hear the action on the pitch. But uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Shout out to Valley Wit for uh, calling out the ref. We'll get into his performance shortly. David Coote. Uh, not a whole lot nice to say about him, but look, as soon as the match kicked off, we were right under pressure. It was off the rip. I mean, Olsen had a big save off of, it seemed like Spurs first possession uh, makes a good save. And then they get their first corner. And all of a sudden, before you really know it, it's one nil. Uh, Davinson Sanchez putting it in the back of the net on a, on a, on a corner where, Gilfie is marking a center back, Ryan. Can you can explain that one to me? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And he barely gets off the ground. So Sanchez rises over and slots at home. No, I, I can't. But part of it is the refereeing. I mean, they were clearly allowing Davidson Sanchez to basically shove Olsen all the way back into the keeper or shove someone whoever's marking him into the keeper. Uh, they stacked people basically right in the middle and ran people off them. But it was so deep in the six yard box. I mean, they almost built like a little fence in there. So Olsen could really do nothing. He couldn't leave his six. Um, obviously Olsen has height. He can claim balls really well. I, I don't know if that was intentional. I've been not been paying strict attention to Spurs set pieces this year. I mean, pardon me. Um, but yeah, it's just, I forgive you. Thank you. Uh, but it, it, it was a struggle all night and part of it. No, was really the officiating. I mean, you can't let someone just shove your goalie back into the goal and it had us pinned deep and we really struggled to deal with it. I, I think the most disturbing thing or the most disappointing thing was that even if that's happening, and the service was pretty good, at least in the beginning of the match. Yeri and Michael Keane are in there together. Is there a cornerback tandem out there that's better in the air than those guys combined? In the Premier League, probably not. So it's just disappointing to not see us in some cases just not attack the ball. Now, I don't know if that was just bodies in the way or what it was. But sure enough, it was 1-0. And I, I thought that was, I thought at the time how important that was because when Spurs set up, you know, we started getting possession and confidence, but we'd lose it and it was just, bang back the other way you know what i mean they were just clinical creating chance after chance and that's jose ball to a t right and, and i said in our score predictions channel on the discord uh invite.gg slash atp if you're not already joined i said I, my score prediction was one nil and i said we better not concede first because they're gonna yeah. you know set up shop and, and and try to get behind the ball and make things difficult for us but it ended up not really being that way. They were going for goals, but they, they were a little reserved and they were just waiting, 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 waiting for an errant pass from us to pick off and spring the other way. Yep. And we did a lot to help them out. I mean, we were giving the ball away three or four times in the middle of the park, helping them spring counterattacks the opposite way. Richarlison had a couple errant passes early. Decore even had one, I think. Um, and, and so we were kind of playing right into them for at least the first like 10 or 15 minutes trying to create stuff, trying to get the ball forward, but being a little too reckless and, and careless with the passing. And we've seen that before with us. I think it, we're not the best at holding the ball in higher positions, although we did grow yeah. into the match a little bit. 
to Spurs credit, I mean, their lineup was very athletic. So Patrick yeah. Boylan, Patty, Patty's comment was we're at the stage where every Spurs attack is a counter and ends with the shot on goal. And it felt like that. I mean, they were just so clinical, but look at the personnel out there. Son was playing up top. There's no Harry Kane to kind of hold up the ball and really work us in, in, you know, in our final third. Uh, Lamella can move a bit. Mora is a quick strike player for sure. Great on the break. Uh, Bergewin can really fly. And you've got Ndombele who can really pass the ball and Hoiberg kind of cleans up all the garbage, although I, I don't know how great his match was today. Um, <clears throat> the point is, and you had, you know, what you had Doherty on the right too. And uh, Davies a little more of a defensive player, but but the point, and, and that was important for us because he really shut down a Wobie there for a while. We really struggled to attack on that yeah. side. But yeah, they were just so clinical that you couldn't help but think this is a matter of time. And then, <clears throat> I mean, basically out of nowhere, the heavens opened the power of Goodison park. Some, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if it was, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Voodoo, um, an intervention. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I, it could have been Lukaku and his voodoo. Um, we were talking oh, about boy. him on the discord server today. So maybe that was it. Um, you know, I'll have to ask Mashiri about that one, but sure enough, like kind of out of the blue, Dominic Calvert-Lewin hits an absolute cracking goal. I thought it was almost outside the 18. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, well set up and, and well hit. Yeah. Loris could maybe do a little bit better, but when it's hit that hard, I mean, it's really not much he can do. And, and on 36 minutes we're level and, you know, given the, the pressure the Spurs, Spurs have put us under fortunate not to be down three nil at that point to be level all the better. And then uh, keeping with the theme of scoring goals in quick succession, Richarlison at long last breaks his drought off of an assist from Calvert-Lewin, which we're not accustomed to seeing very much of. No. But it, it's a really nice finish from Richarlison to finally break his drought. He takes it across the top of the 18. He waits and he, he puts it through uh, the center back's legs. I'm not sure who it was at, at the exact moment, but well-struck goal, puts it far corner. Nothing Lloris can do about it. And we're up to one, and it's like deja vu in a way, like whiplash, 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 game taking twists and turns in rapid succession. And you're just kind of thinking like, where is this one going to go next? What's get, what's in store next? And and it continued to just a rapid pace. It's like after the 36 minute, the game just took on this crazy hectic feel to it, where it was like, I don't know, just chaos, pure unadulterated chaos is the only way I can describe it. Yeah. It's like jumping on the Rossinante and exploring space. You just never know what you're <laughs> going to run into. <laughs> Sorry. The expanse references. Although, although that's also a reference to Cygnus X one by rush. And the original, well, I mean, you know, the original inspiration, though, is Don Quixote's horse, but whatever. Literary references aside, uh, you know, it, it is funny, though. We did have an opportunity or two during that. It was just way more open than you would expect a game to be. Yeah. But I, th I think really what happened was Spurs started to slow down a little bit, get a little tired, and they were almost over pursuing, especially later in the match. You saw our midfielders dribbling through the middle a couple times. But and Dom had a good I mean, Dom was playing great. I mean, his passing and control was Another level tonight. I hadn't seen it in a while. And I mean, he was showboating a little bit at times. I'm like, who is this player? Um, that was kind of how tonight was, you know, certain players just back to realizing who they were or just, I, they just had flair. And once that kind of went down, I mean, you just saw personality and then, and then of all things, almost innocuous trip in the box where um, I think Dominic got tripped, right. As he was kind of cruising on by or. Yeah. It looked, I mean, for me, it's a little bit of a harsh penalty. I don't think it was a something that'd be overturned by by VAR because it wasn't a clear and obvious error. But Hoybjerg going into the box, he he nice. is trying to he's looking at the ball. He's not really trying to trip, but he clips Calvert Lewin's heel, and Calvert Lewin falls as expected. And credit to David Coote, one of the only favorable decisions for Everton he made all day, points to the spot. And again, the VAR check comes back uh, and confirms the call. Gilfi. Very smooth, cool, calm, collected. And, you know, after a little bit of uh, turbulence in the world of Gilfie Sigurdsson penalties over the last, I guess, year, he seems to have settled in quite nicely and back to his usual self in slotting him home. I think it's the James influence. I mean, James <laughs> is bringing out the no-look header. Gilfie today yes. had the no-look penalty. It's pretty slick. I mean, he looks left and just absolutely slots it. And, you know, Larice totally fell for it. No problem. Uh, yeah, I think you got to call. I don't know if, if you have to call it or not, but there's no way you reverse it. I mean, there was contact. Yeah. And I and Dom wasn't looking for it. You know, it's one thing to go look for it and kind of slow down or adjust your body and have that guy trip you and you go down. He didn't initiate it. He was just kind of cruising and went down. 
uh, but you know, I, irony of all things, us starting to get penalty calls. I mean, God knows. Yeah. Wow. Got any. <clears throat> I know crazy. And you know, the thing is too, we started defending there primarily for a bit and it looked okay. And then just an individual error. I mean, and the sad part is I would say in the first half, our center back tandem in particular looked very disorganized. Yeri's more comfortable, I think, under pressure than Michael Keane was. Michael Keane did, was not comfortable with some of the pressure on him. Um, and whereas Yeri made some fantastic plays throughout the match, like some of his shot blocks were so critical. This one, and you could tell he wanted it back. And, you know, he, he made some mistakes tonight. No question about it. He's been almost flawless for like two months. And this one, the ball just kind of ricochets off his foot. He makes a play for it. He, I, I don't know how he didn't hit it square. You know, his feet are normally so yeah. good. I think it was surprising and Lamella did very well with it to finish it. Yeah. Look, I mean, anytime you concede four goals in a match, you're going to have some slip ups that result in that. It wasn't, we, we didn't do ourselves any favors. Let's put it that way. But at the end of the day, we obviously outscored them, but to go up three, one, and then to let them get one back right on the cusp of halftime, little frustrating because you knew you have five goals in the first half. They're not going away. You'll give them a lifeline back into the match and it's game on for the second 45. Yeah. It was a good finish by Lamel. I mean, he has a little bit to do. He loops it over and, and it's, it's, it's a nice finish, but you can't, you can't give him that much space and you can't let him through like Mina did, but he, yeah. he I think he corrected and he didn't let it uh, disrupt his performance too much moving forward. No, he made some better plays in the second half, but still they just look disorganized. Yeah. It's hard. You know, you lose one in extra time. Um, there was what three minutes of extra time, which was a lot, but if you think about it, and Dombele was down on the ground after Tom Davies came in with the four oh. check, <clears throat> I, I'll tell you what, man, that's a 50, 50 ball. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's a 50, 50 ball. What are you going to do? You got to go in hard there or else you can hurt yourself. He went in, fall through, finished. I mean, I used to love that stuff back in the day, man. That's the, <laughs> that's the absolute one where you just, Oh, I'm so, I was just going for the ball. Wham. Yeah. It and, was and a fortune. And that's great to see from Tom Davies. Who's yeah. done a lot of that. He's not, he's not hesitant to get physical anymore. He's putting himself about, he's going in physically but not out of control in any way where he's making the smart decisions to, to go in and body guys but not not being reckless about it and not putting anyone in re any real danger he knows what he's doing he knows yeah. what he's doing and it's playing with an edge you know however you know, so many years we've complained about being too nice you know yes. that's an edgy type of play i don't know if it's dirty but no. it was aggressive and yeah, it just basically, it's a statement. It basically says, look, man, if there's a 50-50 ball, you best go in hard because I'm not pulling up for you. And then Dombele was on the ground like he died. Amazing. I, by the way, congratulations on Tange and Dombele for making it all the way through until the 91st minute. Congratulations. I mean, really, that looked like a vicious injury. You look dead. <laughs> um, you know, the grimacing and whatever. I'm sure he was a little banged up, whatever. Magical drugs or spray. Anyway, we get into halftime at 3-2. And you're thinking, what the heck did I just watch? So you figured it's Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, pardon moi, uh, and Carlo. And you're thinking, this is going to settle down. Team's going to get control. They're going to bunker in a little bit. <clears throat> yes. Not so fast, my friend. That is not what happened at all. I, I don't know why. I mean, I felt like we were, I, I mean, it was a little bit back and forth, I guess. But a couple things happened um, in terms of substitutes that I think made a pretty big impact in the game. Harry Kane, obviously coming in in the 53rd, that's a very different type of setup now. I mean, you knew we were going to be bunkered back. So the opportunities to counter, that was probably the right time to make that sub, I, I would guess. Um, and then compounded with the fact that Dominic Calvert-Lewin went down in the 55th, uh, you know, he's important on set pieces for us too. Um, I, I thought we, I know you said off the air, you thought we're in big trouble, but what a sub that was for Seamus Coleman. I mean, it really changed I mean, the game in a very strange way. It took a while for him to get going, but it, it turned out to be a great sub. It was, a, in hindsight, again, this is where Carlos managing Everton and neither you nor I are. Where We are not. Calvert-Lewin's sitting on the pitch. Unfortunately, it seemed like he might have tweaked his hamstring again. I think he might have gestured to it, which that's not, not that's great not news for us at all. Because no. he was, as you said, Ryan, brimming with confidence early on and causing Spurs a lot of problems. He goes off and okay, we have no striker to bring off the bench. So bring on the club captain, Seamus Coleman and push him up wide, right. And hope that uh, you can potentially offer something going forward. And, and lo and behold, he actually was really dangerous carrying the ball and, and frustrated Spurs a lot. They didn't really seem to have much of an answer for him over on that flank. 
He's always been a good dribbler. He negged Davies a couple times. Like I think he even surprised himself doing it. Uh, he was great on the ball. He really was. And um, yeah, I mean, sure enough, though, right after that, you know, the fantastic immediate impact. Again, another goal off a corner, a set piece. Davidson Sanchez with his double today scores a brace because, you know, that happens all the time. The thing that I don't know, I will say this, though, still, still after having watched it from the back angle, how is that not offsides? What did I miss? Is there something obvious? Because it just looked blatantly obvious to me. I mean, Gilfie's got his back to the cross. He's basically holding the player, but the player's ahead of him. I mean, definitely his leg was ahead of him. So what happened to the little lines and the yellow and the, you know, match it and the lines up and, oh, it's clearly offsides. It's perfectly technical and precise. Um, I, what did I miss? Did I miss something? He looked offsides by quite a bit. I, I just think it was so chaotic. I mean, I, I didn't see a great angle on it to, to where he looked offsides, but just his positioning. And it's a deflection, right? It's off the Robin Olsen. He, he yep. makes the save and then um, it falls far post. And San- Sanchez does a good job of getting uh, just a what? weird, unconventional flick on it, like falling over, puts it back to the net. Olsen clearly frustrated with with conceding and letting them equalize. Yeah. Um, Anytime you're letting a center back score a brace on you, that's, that's again, problematic. And at this point it's like, well, we went down, we fought back, we've done well. And Oh, here we are, but back at all level again, feels like it's a little bit all for naught. Um, but lo and behold, you know, a couple more minutes pass. It's another 11 minutes and we've got Gilfie Sigurdsson with his second assist oh. of the evening. I mean, how about Richarlison with that finish? I mean, the technical ability, the the intelligence to take that quick cut back to keep himself onside and he was yep. well onside, yes. super smart and then to carry it beats his man and the technical ability the way he leans forward when he hits that and yep. just smashes it at a perfect because it's a tough angle he has a lot to do from that position and just smashes it off the far post doinks it in and all of a sudden we're up again and it's like Got to stop to catch my breath. It was a perfect shot, and it was surprised. He surprised the keeper. He fired it just quickly enough. You know, it's like a, like a snapshot in hockey. You know what I mean? Just before they're set, bang, you hit it. You know, and lean forward, sure, but good enough. You know, he's unpredictable sometimes when he's playing that close to goal, and we've seen it before. It was just so great to see him come back to life and score two goals. And the funny part was it was so important at the time because I felt like the game was getting away from us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they had some possession and everything, but I also, even the refereeing, you know, his unwillingness to call anything except for when we fouled them. Um, you saw Lamella go almost over the ball, studs up right into Richarlison at one point, no call. Uh, Richarlison went and got hit by Sanchez, We'll talk about that later. You know, there was just a lot of things where some of the calls were mystifying. And then Yeri cleats Sun and gets the yellow, which everyone feels terrible for Sun, right? I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the announcer, uh, we must have the Spurs feed. Uh, I think it was Glenn Hoddle. Someone said it was. I, I don't know if that was the case or not, but apparently expressed uh, his opinion that it was much harder on Sun than it was on Andre Gomes. Uh, Andre Gomes catastrophic ankle injury. It was really difficult for son. It wasn't that bad for Andre. You know, he only had to physically rehab for months and deal with like traumatic stress and almost freak out on the pitch in front of his family. I believe that were there that night. I'm sure that that was a minor deal, but son having actually committed the foul and error him and Aria are just, I mean, it was terrible for him. Did you hear he cried Ryan? I, I heard that he cried after that. I mean, what a good guy, what a saint he is. Yeah, I mean, there was reckless play going on. And at one point, I questioned even if there was VAR going on because I just felt like it was out of control and people were doing stuff. But anyway, Richarlison scores. And, you know, it's the 68th minute. We're thinking, man, can we bunker in the whole rest of the way? Um, Bernard comes in for Alex Awobi, which we'll get to at the end because it did have an impact. Uh, Alex was not great tonight, uh, probably the first 20 minutes. He settled into the match a little bit and showed some danger, but not, not his best performance for sure. Uh, so I didn't think that was a massive impact, although sometimes you'd like someone stronger that can hold the ball a little bit. Um, they counter with Daly Ali and Lucas Mora. I, I don't think that made a big impact, but there were just too many set pieces. We were giving up to these guys, um, <clears throat> corners, whatnot. Sure enough, it came back to bite us again on kind of a delayed, you know, off a corner. I think it was James, right? And then ball circulated back around and sure enough, it was a big cross and they caught Harry Kane on the back corner uh, with the header again, son, I mean, look, they've got some dangerous players. I agree. And this is a pretty solid finish in some traffic. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think maybe we could have done better. I, I don't know, but it was, 
it was a little bit demoralizing. And it was, I mean, it was a good play by Son. I believe this is the play where he just rinses Tom Davies with the step yeah. over and pings it. And, and it's well placed, right? I mean, Yeri Mina's positioned pretty well to make the play, and it's just over his head. I know. Yep. Kane making a good run far post. He, he falls into it, does a Harry Kane-esque move and just dives and, and hits it home. I mean, it was only a matter of time before Harry Kane really made a significant impact in the match, and he did there to bring them level on 83. And then you're like, oh, God. Here it comes. Here comes the, the firestorm before the final whistle. Uh, that At least that's what I was thinking. Because if we couldn't maintain a 3-1 lead, you know, I, I figured they would at least uh, they, they bring it back and it would just be one end to the other. And, and just what surprised me so much was how open both managers felt comfortable letting this game. Be. Yeah, because it's never been it's never Josie's MO. It just hasn't really been ours for a long time, but it seemed like at some point they were like, whoever can just run the most and cover the most ground. I mean, it's it's truly like an old fashioned English cup tie in that in that sense where it's just all out effort whoever whoever tries the hardest is going to come out on top and and the reality was is our two central midfielders my god they were the difference i mean they were the engine i mean tom davies tonight and decore were just absolutely phenomenal and we'll get to them in a second in terms of individual performances but it was just blood and guts from those guys i mean they were just they never stopped running it's unbelievable i think what Stephen leary basically said to me after the match he's like do you think tori great like Corey drives home or do you think he just runs home <clears throat> and he's probably right i mean just kind of well, i'm just gonna i'm done now i'm gonna run home what i live <laughs> five miles down the road i just ran like 10 you know no big deal for me keeps, keeps the boots on too he just never takes those off he sleeps with them on he wakes up and he just runs to finch farm he's a freak home. Man. It, it, it's really incredible and you know there's some snide stuff going on there god richarlison under them is dumb fouls that almost you know gave us another yeah. shot on the free kick um but i, I don't know i just had this feeling that I just feel like this team's a little bit different at times. You know, you're not going to always win these situations, you know, but I, I just think the pass is the pass. And you know how I feel about this. I've said this a hundred times on this pod that there's no jinx, man. The, the, the past is then the past. It's this is not how it works to me in life. But anyway, um, we do manage to scramble out and get it to extra time. And I, and I don't know how your thought was getting to extra time. Um, I think the problem is you were kind of looking at your bench and you're thinking, exactly. oh God, you know, we don't really have, all the options we need and it's the FA cup. So, you know, you've got more subs and we, we didn't really have the ability to take it. So what a disadvantage for us. And, you know, they made a couple ones too, right? I mean, they brought Ndombele off and put Harry Winks on. Um, Weird sub, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. I don't really rate Harry Winks that highly, but I know, but, but, but to, to your point, like bringing the, embarrassment of riches comparatively that Spurs were able to bring off the bench. Like we played our card by bringing Bernard on and I guess Coleman to an extent. And so you figure hopefully that's enough to get you the win in regulation. When it goes into extra time, you're thinking, all right, what else do we have up our sleeve to kind of change the course of this game? And it ended up being a very crafty Gilfie Sigurdsson flick to the man who I unfortunately and regrettably slated before the match and bernard who i mean what a finish that was what a, what a well on a first touch and it's great in our defense we basically said on the pod in our january monster episode as well as stuff subsequent to say bernard's not a bad player he's pretty good his numbers are fantastic in terms of creation you know he's been there for us and he's scored when he's had some opportunities i mean it hasn't been much but he's a good player i mean is he a superstar is he amazing no but He's a useful guy to come off your bench. Put it this way. I'm glad we didn't sell him. Um, And and the thing is we talked about, even if you do sell him, he does have a role. He does play. um, And you need some players in those wide spaces. And, you know, naturally eventually found his way on the left side. And the thing is like, I wouldn't have expected us to be dynamic in some of the later periods, but we were every bit as dynamic as they were in the past I'd say 30 minutes of the match. And, and it was a combination of a couple of things. Number one, Seamus Coleman dribbling around like a maniac. Now we know he's good at dribbling, but I felt like his first touch is his acceleration. He was fresh tonight. Like yeah. he looked, and maybe that's his future, you know, coming on against tired legs, but he was disruptive. Bernard took care of the ball very, very well. <clears throat> Gilfie played a fantastic match for him. I know he's slow foot, but, but he wasn't that bad for us in possession once the match got started. And then he had to Corey and Tom Davies who were dribbling by people 
they were always available for the ball. And it was just such a tremendous effort. Richarlison was just fighting like crazy as normal, but he looked like he had a couple of heavier touches. I mean, that's yeah. a little bit him. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, you just, we just looked dynamic and I would not have thought that knowing, knowing the personnel we had in there and kudos to the guys in blue, man. They, they just worked it. You know, they just, they've got a little attitude right now. It's kind of fun to watch at times. It is very fun. And, and I think at, in extra time, as it sort of went on, I thought Richarlison looked dead on his feet. Honestly, I thought he looked very, very yeah. tired. He heavy turned touches. on in the right moments. And right. As you said, the heavy touches, what this comes down to for me is simple. And it was that our engines in the center of the park just never showed any sign of being tired. They fought very hard to the end. And they were Decore and Tom Davies were making like full field, full tilt sprints up until the final whistle. Like it was the sixth minute of the match. It was incredible. I haven't seen that type of like commitment and fitness levels from this team maybe since I've been watching. And it was a joy to watch. Decore able to just be involved in every facet of the game in the final third, creating space wide, inner interplay with Coleman moving the ball back and forth. All of a sudden he's back in our final third defending and disrupting play and clearing shots off the line. It's like, what can't this guy do? And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I just want to just appreciate the transformation we've witnessed in very short order of Tom Davies in the last three matches, three or four matches since the Sheffield match when he came in and really did a good job distributing. And since Allen has been out, he's really coming to his own and I've haven't seen him look, this confident since the first match against Manchester city, when he made that full field run. I, I thought both guys were confident. I think that's a good way to say it. it it's yeah. unbelievable to have that much energy. There were several times in extra time and near the end of regular time where you thought they were going to win the ball. They had it and they must be tired. So they're just going to pass the ball off. No, no, <laughs> they'd fake it and they'd take it and run with it. Yeah, I'm thinking, right. how do these guys have, and Tom Davies has some pretty good footwork with the ball. He's pretty tricky sometimes sneaking by people and things like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, the Bernard finish. I mean, the chip by Gilfie was just so lovely. Uh, Bernard smart run, good timing, Gilfie, great service. And look, the wee man has some ball control, my friends. And that left foot, he struck it. I mean, just laces perfect right in the side corner. I mean, it was, you want to watch technique, folks. That's it right there. And um, maybe he's not the biggest guy, but there's no question. He's got some skills and he's technically very good. He finished it. And look, we scrambled sometimes after that, you know, oh, set man. pieces again. Mason Holgate with another rash challenge. He came in for Luca Dean, who, by the way, had a very good match. His numbers were insane. We'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, it may not have been as overt for the other people, but he was quite good. Um, thank God they sky. I mean, there were lots of nervous moments, but man, they just hung in there. And and you know, kudos to Everton for really hanging in there and win it. And I mean, that was as thrilling a victory as we have had in a long time. And look. We, we want to win a trophy at one point, you know, it's not going to be easy. We're into the quarterfinals though. And there's some teams out there that we can beat for sure. Uh, and I don't think there's a team out there that we can't, <clears throat> even though man city's playing pretty well right now. I got to admit they would be <laughs> tough. They would be tough, but I think everyone's vulnerable. And I think with the right lineup and the right tactics and the confidence and the attitude of this team right now, bring them on, especially, I mean, I know we haven't done well at Goodison, but We've done one away too. So I don't think there's a factor there either. Uh, it would be nice if the officiating was a little more balanced though. I thought it was incredibly one-sided today yeah. and I was incredibly frustrated about it. And really look today, they did create a lot from open play. Uh, they did no question about it, but it was early. And as the game went on, man, it was blood and guts and our boys showed more of it than their guys did. And we can hang our heads high very much. I mean, that was a battle. You know, the guys came out there with scars and all sorts of things. And, um, you know, we were just tougher. I mean, really, that's it, yeah. man. I mean, just look, looking at the stats in extra time, we ended up giving them five corners. Obviously, they weren't able to do much, but given what had happened previously, every single one made me deathly nervous that yeah. something bad would happen. We ended up with seven tackles in extra time, 12-1 aerials. I mean, a bunch of dribbles. We ended up shots five to seven. So it was pretty even throughout it. And for this match, it just it feels like, you view it in isolation and it was just pure unadulterated chaos, but you take it and you put it in the context of this Everton season. And it does feel like a 
like a flashpoint, like a turning point for this team. Um, as much as the Manchester United match was where this, if, if you weren't convinced that Carlo Ancelotti has something good going at this club right now, I th- you'd be delusional not to think so after that, because this is a match and, we, and several people in the post-match comments, which we'll get to said this, this is a match that none of our previous four managers, I think would have won or come close to winning because I don't think that they're able to inspire the confidence in the players to fight back and fight back again and fight back again and continuously stand up when they get knocked down. And it's just a mentality thing. I don't think that's fair. I Marco Silva's teams were perfectly good defending set pieces. So I don't know what you're talking about. This would have never Uh, happened under Marco. Oh, there it is. Uh, let's get into the player performance. <laughs> I thought you were serious for no, a second. No. And I was like, oh, God. So what people don't realize is that we do this uh, sometimes with the video <laughs> up. And I mean, I had like this dead serious face like, Hamas, how dare you say that? You know, I, like I was going to get schooled by Ryan. <laughs> no, no, definitely not, my friend. We are a tandem, <laughs> a partnership, uh, a duo. Let's get into player performances, yes, too. There were a lot that. of good ones. There were actually some bad ones. That was kind of the weird part, too. I mean, yeah. there were some split performances. It was uncharacteristic of certain performances at time but you know the first name i got got to look at just from a stat sheet standpoint is gilfie sigurdsson i mean three assists uh four key passes he scored the penalty very slick two tackles and i mean how many times did he give up the ball zilch i mean you can't ask for much more than that i mean we know his limitations in terms of you know making himself available he's not the best possession player at times um, he's slow afoot. We know, uh, actually I would argue, I don't think his defense was as good and as aware as it normally is, but you can't argue what the guy did in the, in the final third, man, he was, he was deadly, uh, you know, and, and his quality, his technical ability made the difference a couple of times and springing our guys. I mean, he had three assists and you can't argue with it. Fantastic performance by, by the Iceman. Yeah. One of his best performances in, Ever- in an Everton shirt and one that will surely go down is uh, part of the highlight reel. I mean, you don't stuff the stat sheet like that and not get the recognition that you deserve three assists in a single match. When was the last time we had one? I, I, there's gotta be that stat floating out somewhere. Last time a single Everton player had a trifecta of assists. It has to have been a while, um, but the other player, no surprise to anyone. And my man of the match against United, Tom Davies. Beast mode. From- Incredible today. Two interceptions, one tackle, led the team in touches with 95, led the team in passes with 75, led the team in accurate passes, seven for nine on long balls, Ryan, yeah. just playing a range that is not something we're super accustomed to. Three aerials won, eight total duels won, three clearances, and similar to Gilfie, did not get dispossessed a single time. Unbelievable performance, front to back, energy levels, physicality, disruptiveness and the confidence to take players on in extra time when the team really needed someone to be able to carry the ball forward and retain possession. You know, he's done a great job in that Allen role sitting and facilitating play and moving the ball. But one thing we haven't really seen much from him is like drive the ball forward at pace and in the confidence to take players on to just, so to see that aspect return to his game. Amazing. And again, another player, you just got to give a tremendous amount of credit to Carlo Ancelotti for reviving what we admittedly on record have gone on and said we didn't really think he had much of a future at this level or with this team looks to be an entirely different situation right now yeah one of the things he has going for him is his affordability i mean is the one we almost cite before quality um i I think you and i have always been bullish on tom from an attacking standpoint I, i think we believe he's a progressive type player he can dribble by people so we've seen some glimpses of that but that doesn't really come to the forefront is if he's being forced to play in a more kind of defensive midfield role. But I will say this, as much as we used to make fun of him and trash him for a complete lack of defensive awareness at times, um, there has been improvements and you can see it now. Granted, look, it's a lot easier to be deep enough. So most stuff is in front of you, but he's scanning a lot. He's looking around. He, he is obviously more concerned about where he is on the pitch. Now, is that just because he's more familiar with the tactics? He knows better on how to play. Is that Carlo recognizing that he plays in a deeper position for the younger, you know, the youth England teams and that fits him well. Maybe he doesn't have to think as much in the attack and he can focus more on the defense. I don't know, but he sprung to life today. I think it's the best match I've seen him play in an Everton Jersey. I know we were talking about that beforehand, including that man city win at Goodison. Uh, I, I just thought he was immense. I mean, from start to finish too. 
kicking people, playing tough. Yeah, he got rinsed a couple times by Son, but you know, no, <laughs> I mean that he really shouldn't be in that position necessarily right. to begin with without cover. Uh, forget it, man. It didn't matter. I mean, he will. He and Decore willed us to win, and that brings up our man Decore. What a signing this guy has been. <clears throat> you know, I already got into it with some Watford fans making fun of them, and they deserve it, frankly, because a bunch of people came to us and said, "No, you're getting the worst out of our midfielder. He was terrible last year." Blah blah blah. Well, look, maybe you shouldn't have played him as a ten. Maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> maybe that wasn't the best usage of him. And the bottom line is, he's all over the pitch. So I. I'm going to, no, I'm going to read it just because I think it's hysterical. So on our notes, James has put, he's like if the Energizer Bunny drank 30 cups of coffee mixed with Adderall. Now, I don't know how you know what the Energizer Bunny is like if he drank 30 cups of coffee and mixed it with Adderall. I mean, I've never seen that before, but if you have. It's Abdullah Decore in that match. That's a story. I want to hear that story sometimes (laughs) that that happened. Yeah, two key passes. I mean, he contributed immensely offensively. Three tackles, three dribbles, dispossessed one time. By the way, the dribbling stats on who scored, and that's where we're taking him because that's where they have the immediate match reaction. I guarantee you when we go back and look at him and Davies tomorrow on like Y Scout or FB Ref, they're going to be – I can't wait to see him. Okay, sorry, Bobblers. I'm getting a little excited about stats. (laughs) But look, most importantly, though, the attitude, the endurance, that's what this is about, man. Fire and brimstone, it was awesome. I mean, it was like – Thomas Gravison and Lee Carlsley back. You know Ooh, what I mean? Fighting, kicking, you know, like we're not going to lose this darn thing. I, I just, I, you watch, it's so inspiring to watch guys play like that with so much heart and so much endurance and fitness and drive. I mean, it, it's just, it's another level stuff. You know what I mean? And to watch him come in and be, again, that's a midfield besides Decore, Gilfie and Tom that we would have seen last season look lifeless and uninspired. Look, to, yeah. to put it bluntly his attitude is top notch when guys score he's the first one there to hug with a giant grin on his face he seems to be a really really likable guy and he just sets a standard and example for the rest of those guys that that is i think motivating and inspiring for them i'd have to imagine it's hard for it not to be i mean he's just exhausted watching <laughs> i think what jeff um jeff god jeff you why don't you have a better at because jeff- because he's been banned like 17 times <laughs> yeah him and i man, we've, had some, we've had some political conversations too we're definitely a little bit different leaning but oh, he makes I, I love jeff i think he makes yeah, a lot of sense i do too um really very much a lot of respect for him so his quote is and it's a good one he is unreal honestly can't think of anyone else that has an engine to match i think he might be nuclear powered <laughs> that sounds about right maybe that's the key Maybe that's, that's the, the secret. Key. I was going to make a proto molecule reference again for the expanse, but that's two in one episode. We can't do that, can we? <laughs> well, you just oh, I've already it. done it. Oh, no. Oh, boo. oh, oh well, <laughs> sorry. I was going to save that one for later. Sorry. Okay. I know Ezra will be pumped. DC Toffee, too, all of them. Um, I, I think the other guy, too, it, for me, why this was a really important match for Charleston. <clears throat> yes, he had some bad touches late because he just gives everything. But I mean, he had four clearances today in an interception. Like, are you kidding me? two goals, four shots, three dribbles, fouled three times, almost fouled in the box. And eh, I don't know. Uh, he was dispossessed two times and had two bad touches, but I mean, that's over a long period of time where he was asked to be up there in isolation. I mean, no, he wasn't overpowering center backs and we were playing hoofball, but that's okay. Almost in many ways felt like the team was better at dealing with Spurs lineup with him in there. And he sacrifices so much for the team. It was just so nice to see his quality in two key moments. Just bang. I mean, let's be honest. I love a lot of our players. I really do. But when that guy scores, I mean, I just am so happy. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he just fights for it. He cares so much for it. And, um, man, that was hopefully that means he's going to kick on. Because let's be honest, a kicking on and dangerous for Charleston, who can score, create his own shot, would be a massive difference maker in this squad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that without his goals, we've been a little bit lacking in the forward areas in yeah. terms of offensive production. So to see him kick on and get two today in a hugely important match, you'd have to think that will bolster his confidence. Two really well-taken, well-struck goals as well. Um, hopefully this is a catalyst for him to continue on it and really provide that dangerous threat on our left flank or even as a striker because, you know, he was there today and, uh, depending on how long Calvert-Lewin's out, you'd have to think that he's going to be the the man to slot in there. But EFC Keith makes a great point when he 
said, uh, when Richarlison adds quality finishing to his immense work rate, there's no other forward like him and certainly no other forward in the Everton side. Um, and he just provides such a unique, such unique qualities and so different from what our other options are that if he adds that final finishing, which has been one of his major contributions to us so far uh, in, se- in prior seasons, man, we'll have, we'll have some real problems for, for uh, opposition defenses to figure out going forward. And kudos to, I think, beyond that, the two super subs. Seamus Coleman was so active. His ability to hold the ball. We've seen it a couple times earlier in the year where the team was tired and Seamus just kind of found the energy to beat a guy, carry the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? This time he had a couple other guys with him. He was dangerous on the right side, getting to the middle and seemed like he had a little better chemistry with some of the other players out there. And it was really nice to see. The nice part was we didn't force anything when he was on there. Like he just felt like he was very much in control of the ball. He had pace behind him. And look, the bottom line is Bernard came in and made a decent impact in terms of controlling the ball. But look, I mean, two key passes, 83% pass rate and the goal. I mean, the goal was the thing. I mean, brilliant chip by Gilfie, but man, that finish. I mean, the second that went in, you're like, oh my God, he scored. He just scored. Bernard just scored. Dude, we got a shot here. This could happen, you know? And, and you know, some people say it's a hope that kills you. I, I you know, whatever. But I, I just, I felt like, I was like, you know what? Forget it. We're going to win this darn match. <laughs> you know, I was like, we're going to win this match, man. Yeah, good save. I know. I know. I want to violate our unspoken rule of no swearing on the pod. I don't think we violated that. I but yeah, I mean, clear. it was great. What a great finish. You know what I mean? And it just shows you that in key moments, he he can deliver. He's a good player. Uh, down East Toffees at Down East Toffees. Um, Shout out his, to Maine. Boom. Bringing it. Can everyone please stop sleeping on Bernard? Keep him in blue. What do you guys think, Ryan? Well, I mean, he's out of contract next summer. So we might want to get something for him, but um, yeah, no, I'm glad we didn't sell him. You know, if we were to sell him, we really would have need to replace him with someone similar. And that's not the easiest thing to get in January. So um, what an important, what an important goal. Um, a couple other people could talk about Luca Dean. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, crazy match for Luca Dean. I think he had what four, four key passes. Is that right? <clears throat> he had four key passes. Uh four tackles, two interceptions, got fouled twice. I think his cross number was, you know, he's been a little sporadic recently. Uh, I think he was like five for 11. Um, he, he was, you know, we didn't see too many moments of him just play like some blinding ball or anything like that, but he played solid defense. They didn't attack that well on that side. And he just was so key to our buildup at times when we really needed him. He was dangerous making runs. And look, I mean, the bottom line is the guy's just a quality left back. Simple as that. And I liked seeing him link up with Richarlison too, because that's been yeah. such a good partnership for us. And to see that kind of rekindle yes. and actually bear fruit in, in the form of like goals and, and being able to create in that final third and play off of each other, give and goes, one twos, uh, really encouraging to see. And, you know, no matter when Luca Dean's in, he rarely has a bad game. He might have bad, bad in certain areas, but. He never has an outright awful game, I don't think. And, and today, I thought he was, again, so, so good. Do we have any concerns about the performances of Mina and Keane? Or is it kind of a one-off? I mean, the Mina mistake, every defender makes mistakes. Yeah, he did make some immense blocks later. Um, I felt like he wasn't the towering force in the box as he normally is. Maybe that was just tactical setups in terms of um, corners. And and when Harry Kane came in, I mean, he, he was on him, but Kane got a header off once or twice on him. And Maybe it's just a Terry Kane. Uh, Kane's it's passing Kane. was okay, but like he didn't look comfortable sometimes advancing the ball. I, I think the early minutes were just unsettling for them. I don't yeah. know what your thoughts were. Yeah, I think I think just the fact that we're consistently and continuing to chop and change our back line doesn't make things easier for them either. True. You, know, you had Godfrey move over to the right side. You brought him back in Michael Keane um, to the center back position, which has been, Keane and Mina have been without question our best partnership back there but it's just the consistent change. And um, no, I'm not reading too much into either of their performances a, because we won and I don't want to be too negative and B look, Mina has been a rock for the last two months. He was due for something bad to happen. It ended up not costing us. So how upset can you really be? Michael Keane again, back in the side, didn't think he was sensational. I mean, again, you'd expect those guys to dominate more in the air, but Spurs has some big guys, Sanchez, Alderweireld, they're not small. Um, and, And Harry Kane is, is Harry Kane. He, does what he does yeah. uh this is a this is not a poor team this is a strong spur side that they named um I, i'm willing to overlook the less than stellar performances because of 
how good the rest of the side was. And just really quickly, I did want to mention um, Robin Olson because a little bit of a, some, some, I think the first wave of criticism came his way following United. Um, yeah. Where he slips and people maybe blamed him for that Bruno Fernandez free kick. Seven saves today, kept us in the match early and was distribution still not great, but I was, I was really happy to see him just continuing his strong shot stopping form. Yeah. I think you make a really good point in terms of the chemistry and working together. I mean, you could, you saw it with the Wobie and Godfrey today, for example, it took them a while. I mean, there was definitely some moments about the first 20, 25 minutes where all seems like everything, you know, sometimes everything people touch turns to gold. Everything a Wobie touch in the first 20 minutes turned to absolute garbage. Uh, And I love Alex, but that's how it was. Now he did settle in the game and he was okay. You know, it wasn't maybe a super dangerous self, but part of that was the chemistry between him and Ben Godfrey. You know, you just got to work it out sometimes. And that's, that's life. You know, that's how it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, Robin Olsen came up big again. I mean, look, We've said it before in the pod. He's just a solid keeper that's playing very well right now. But he did respond pretty well, I think, um, from the man you match. It's hard to say that a keeper that gave up four goals played well. Um, But I look at all these goals. I mean, how many of them would you have said he should have done better on? That's what I mean. I don't think he's really. And you look at Spurs XG, they ended up with like 5-4 according to some estimates. So he even with conceding, (laughs) conceding four, he's still over performed as against the xg which has been a trend for him all season and they were targeting i mean they made it hard for him i mean they bundled him i mean it it was you could see it i mean he had three guys around him i mean there's nothing you could do you know you can't jump out of the six so you can't really impose your will and your frame on what you want to do in the box if that's the case i mean i think that's a bit of a risky maneuver by spurs but the delivery was good enough and obviously they produced as a result but yeah i wouldn't hang my hat on him for a lot of those mistakes i think on on the corners i mean you got to ask the question, why is Gilfie Sigurdsson down there, man, marking people, you know, in a right. way. And I'm so, my God, the, the announcer. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, swear, I swear to God. Why is it that I have to hear people complain about zonal marking and then this and not putting people in the post, which is like the most old school mentality thing in the world. And then the second where a team draws someone off sides at when the ball goes out and they play it back in because we had no one on the post. No one says a thing. No one ever says genius zonal marking like zonal marking has never been in the history of any commentator. A good thing. Like, I'm, I'm dead convinced. Seriously. Think about it. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. No, Have you ever right. heard a commentator say, boy, that zonal marking can be really effective sometime. Never. Why is that? Why is it? Everyone runs a hybrid system. You know, sometimes you got runners and you got yeah. zonal guys. What? But you never have ever heard anyone say zonal marking is really smart, really good. Zonal marking was so effective. And the other thing the announcers like to harp on is our, our low block on set pieces and, oh. and things like that. It's like you had a good tweet about it. You basically said, like, do these guys not know that Everton are one of the best teams against set pieces and defending set pieces exactly. in the league? I, I, it's just madness. I mean, you, you sit there listening to some of these guys and you're like, look, this guy's not prepared. He really doesn't know anything about these teams. I mean, some of the characterizations of our players during the match today. I mean, look, I don't want to go off on this. Let's let's keep it positive here. I know, I know, but it really is irritating him at times. It's like you're not watching these guys, you know. And this idea that that Spurs were going to have the best chances winning and all this other stuff. You know what? They weren't. Not in the last, you know, whatever minutes because we showed more guts and and look, this just in. We have some talent on this team, but I do think. I mean, ultimately. the lack of subs, I, I could see that being a concern. And uh, Mina Keen too, that lineup, you know, you don't know if they're not going to play Harry Kane. So the bottom line is you had some really quick, pacey guys running at you on the counter. And neither Mina, I mean, Mina's not the slowest guy, even though he looks kind of funny when he runs. And Keen doesn't turn very quickly. So, I mean, those aren't guys you really want to be kind of stopping guys running at you in yeah. space. So I think that's a little bit of the reasoning or some of the reasons why we look so bad on the counter. But look, it doesn't matter, man. Blood and guts, like I said, five to four win Everton to the victor go the spoils. And that's a matchup for we'll find out. I think tomorrow is the draw. I People will probably be listening to this uh, by the time we actually know the opposition. Yeah. Uh, into the quarterfinal. Look, it's been a while. I think the last time we were in was uh, 2015. So it's big, right? This is a this is a big moment for Carlo. He's talked about the desire to win win trophies at the club and or one step closer to that got through again, a match that we typically historically probably wouldn't have. And hopefully this can injuries aside, because I do hope Calvert Lewin, it's pretty minor. We have Allen coming back, supposedly fit for Sunday's match uh, against Fulham. As we continue to get healthy, 
things can only improve because this side, despite conceding a lot, some really key guys look brimming with confidence and that can only bode well for, for the upcoming fixtures. Look, the bottom line is you can be as analytical as you want about this match, man. It was a joy. It was a fight. It was was dramatic. It was um, a different type of football today, but it was, uh, it was inspiring. And there were a lot of performances to be inspired by. Uh, So I don't want to steal the thunder of guys out there. Uh, Let's go to at Craig Mack. I don't know if I need to run around without my shirt on out in the snow, take five shots or have a nap. Survive in advance. Also, no way Leighton Baines lets Spurs score four against him. <laughs> I think that was so I made a joking tweet about Gilfie Sigerson's the best penalty kicker we've ever had. Uh, it, that was sarcastic, folks. I know Leighton Baines has been an absolute flawless. David Unsworth was actually quite good, too. And now he's taking care of our academy perfectly. So we're in great hands. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, right. And uh, let's see. Uh, Sean Khan's a good one, too. At King Khan 225. Uh, I don't think I can recall another game where we scored some absolute worldlies and took a silver time capsule on corner defending <laughs> and some uncharacteristic individual errors by Yeri. It's so good to see Richie be back. The biggest win of today, James. I think that's pretty good. I think that sums it up quite nicely. And uh, look, I, I, I can't remember a, a match in recent memory that's made my heart rate just go through the roof yeah. multiple times edge of your seat stuff i was pacing around my room i was pulling my hoodie over my eyes and like <laughs> screaming into it at certain moments it is it was football at its best it was electrifying stuff it was uplifting in the end it would have been an absolutely devastating loss but luckily yeah. we don't have to think too much about that because as craig says so well survive in advance and that we did brian any yep. last thoughts well we got a manager that knows how to deal with cup competitions um yeah, I mean, and it showed. I mean, the team played with heart. I just, I'm just really proud of the guys. You know, it's just so great to see, man. It was inspiring. All right, um, we got to do man of the match. I totally forgot. Ooh, <clears throat> man, that's tough. You know, and as is custom, you get to go first. <laughs> I, I hate you. Um, you know, I, I never seem to pick him, and I, you know, I normally gravitate towards Decorey because I just. I admire the way he plays so much, you know, it's, you try not to be biased, but you know, there's certain styles that are appealing to you, you know, and it's okay to, it's okay. Ready. You're about to hear me. John Blaine, you're going to hear me say this. It's okay to have impressions from a match and feel that certain people were more of an inspiration than others, regardless of what the stat sheet says, you know, stats are only just a piece of information truly. I mean, but the heart to me and the spirit of Everton today from the first second of the match was Tom Davies. He's my man of the match. Uh, best performance I've seen him play. I can't believe I'm saying this considering we had a guy who had three assists and, and a goal. I know. Um, I know. But 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 really, and, you know, he's a little bit of fall for, I guess, some of the set pieces or something like that. But truly, to me, Tom Davies was the spirit of the blues tonight. Oh, God. So ah, I mean, so terrible. That's terrible. No, it's good. No, it's, uh, it's beautiful. And I couldn't have said it better myself. He's my man of the match again for the second consecutive. Get in there, lad. Get in there splendid job tom i really and now you ask the question i mean i'm sure he'll get rested probably on sunday given he just won 120 minutes but uh alan might have a job on his hands to to disrupt uh tom davies in that spot uh no davies will be out at the skate park tomorrow and (laughs) yeah they need a day off i mean oh god him and decore i just i just can't believe it if there's how can you even celebrate how can you be tired nope didn't matter man uh, yeah, you know, it is interesting. You know, you add him to the mix now. He's a little different player than Allen, and it's exciting. You know, I mean, to really see him, let's hope he's turned the corner. I mean, I, I think it'd be hard to accept him to expect him to duplicate that performance every week. Sure. But if you get anything like that, I mean, the spirit he showed, Carlos has been talking a lot about spirit. He was the embodiment of it tonight, and, and he's both of our man of the match. American Toffee Podcast supports Tom Davies tonight great stuff everyone and that that is gonna do it for us on this post match on this joyous evening i'm gonna get this posted as soon as possible but uh, as always we do appreciate all of you out there listening for sending us tweets for interacting with us on the discord all of that if you want to join our discord or follow us on any of the social media stuff uh the link there is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash usa toffee pod that's linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. You can find all of our socials, discords, et cetera, et cetera, there. Otherwise, please do leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out on Toffee TV USA. We did a January transfer wrap and will likely be coming out 
with something else for Toffee TV USA shortly. So give Toffee TV a like and subscribe as well. Otherwise, until next time, enjoy the victory and up the toffees. <laughs>